Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where OP gets revenge against the office Karen. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. I was offered a job role in 2019 in middle management at an aged care service. The general manager who hired me worked with me previously, and we both had similar vision and expectations. He helped me get a really good job with his reference, and he ended up moving to another organization as a general manager, which was well-deserved. A year later, he called me up because he had a job for me, and he wanted me to work for his agency. The team I ended up managing had a senior employee who we'll call Karen, a woman in her 40s. She had an actual Karen haircut, large rectangular glasses, the reddest lipstick ever, and she smelled like a department store fragrance section. She claimed to know everything and that she'd been in the organization for nine years. She was expecting to be promoted into that role due to her seniority, and she was highly agitated when she found out the general manager brought in an ex-colleague to fill that role. Karen was toxic and did not take well to not automatically getting that role. And she also took issue with me putting in key performance indicators and having clear expectations around the work, which didn't exist prior. Her attitude towards me was nothing but disgusting, and she was resentful towards me the moment I walked through that door. One of the first conversations I had with Karen that never left me was when she told me, You don't deserve this role. You haven't earned it. That sat with me for a while and it messed with my self-confidence because this was my first management position where I was managing a large team. Our team was mainly young and easily influenced. Karen had been whispering trash into their ears and manipulating them into thinking that I was out to replace them by implementing unrealistic KPIs. The KPIs that I implemented were actually super easy to hit. She was also BFFs with the state manager Sharon who gave her a lot of protection. But luckily, our team didn't fall under the state manager's department reporting line. Sharon was known for being ruthless in her department, and everyone was too scared to oppose her. My revenge came through circumstances, and a little through my own planning. I was enjoying the role, but I have to admit that Karen made my job really difficult. Having a ball breaker on my team hurt morale, but also productivity. Karen didn't see the need for one-on-one catch-ups because apparently she knew more than me and it was a waste of her time. Everything that I discussed was met with an excuse, a rebuttal, or a denial. I documented everything and I knew that she would just blindly sign it afterwards without reading it because it always came back to my desk within seconds of me handing it to her. At the time, we were introducing working from home because we were running out of space in the office. Karen kept saying that she wanted to work from home because of time and public transportation, but really, she just wanted to have nothing to do and have no accountability. She would be the last person I would want working from home because she's always blaming the computer for being slow, the internet, her keyboard not working, her VPNs not connecting, her database not logging in, etc. She would be a nightmare and absolutely take the piss. More than likely, she would just smoke all day and think that she had it made. I provided feedback in our one-on-one catch-ups along the lines of smoke breaks are to be taken during your morning, lunch, or afternoon breaks, not every 15 minutes. Also, I had to tell her to stop leaving work early and her phone metrics around picking up the phone were terrible. We weren't a call center, but let's just say that she had a 5% pickup rate and she would be getting around 40 calls a day. Apparently, answering the phones were beneath her. And her team was starting to get really annoyed because she was always smoking and never answering the phones and was just always being negative. My team, God bless them, started to see her for who she really was. 
Historically, the company had previously given everyone exceeds expectations on their annual performance review to keep a happy culture, which would ultimately lead to salary increases and employees having a false expectation of rewarding subpar performance. Because Karen had a 5% pickup rate on the phones, took more breaks than anyone else, did less work than anyone else, and had a 50% attendance rate for team meetings, I gave her an unsatisfactory review, which was our lowest score. Karen missed out on getting a salary increase, and she was warned that she would be put on performance management if she didn't start showing improvement. I don't think Karen had ever been spoken to like that at work, and actually been given hard-hitting feedback. Karen was angry. Karen took me to HR claiming that I was bullying her, saying that I gave her an unsatisfactory review out of spite. I enthusiastically provided over 15 documents that we had both signed discussing her poor habits around breaks, punctuality, and KPIs. Karen was told politely that this was not bullying, but instead, it was me managing and setting expectations for performance. That wasn't the last time that she took me to HR, but I would say that I had about five different discussions with HR about bullying her. They were all just her word versus mine, but that time, I had proof and I could refute her bullying claims. After that meeting, she read every single document from our one-on-one meetings. A few days later, I was in the bathroom washing my hands, but I could hear people out in the foyer waiting for the elevator. It was Karen and Sharon, the state manager. Karen was mocking and tearing me to shreds, and Sharon wasn't happy with the GM at the time either. I remember Karen very clearly saying, OP is the general manager's mutt, and they all laughed. According to them, I was doing all the general manager's dirty work, when in reality is kind of true and funny because all I was doing was setting expectations to make sure people did their work. From that day forward, Karen always referred to me as Muttley behind my back. She even changed my name in her phone as Muttley. For clarity, Muttley is an old cartoon dog. My team was telling me that they were getting sick of her badmouthing me, which I really appreciated. Because they had matured a lot, and we were starting to build a strong culture aside from the ball breakers. The general manager called me into the office and advised me that my team of 15 full-time employees would be working from home to free up desks because we weren't essential to the office. The only catch is that one team member had to remain in the office in case someone walked in off the streets and needed information, or other unlikely scenarios where someone had to be there. My revenge. Like clockwork, Karen would always take cigarette breaks at around 10 and would be gone anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. And she would always either be late or miss meetings if they were scheduled in that time, as it was her time to have a break with Sharon, the state manager. From her one-on-one catch-ups, the one thing that I know that she always wanted was to work from home. I came up with the perfect plan relying on her behaviors for this to work. I scheduled a meeting at 10 a.m. via email, and I requested my entire team to be there due to important changes. And I cc'd everyone important from our department into this email. The day comes, the 10 a.m. meeting starts, and you guessed it, Karen was out having a smoke break. I asked everyone who would like to work from home, and everyone put their hand up. I advised that one person has to stay in the office and asked if anyone wants to volunteer. No one volunteered. I smiled because I had given forewarning that this was an important meeting, and the general manager and another general manager of her brother department were also in attendance, giving Karen no hope of arguing. Karen came in 15 minutes late with a coffee in her hands just as we were wrapping up, and she was wondering why everyone was so happy. One of the team members told her that we get to work from home. She smiled and was like, great, when do we start working from home? I looked up at her and grinned. Because you didn't attend the meeting, all the available working from home spots were allocated. 
you'll be required to still come into the office. She was livid, and she even threw her pin that she had tucked behind her ear at the ground. Why didn't you come get me? You knew I wanted to work from home. In front of both the team and the general managers, I told Karen that it was compulsory to attend this meeting, which I was very clear about. And I am not responsible for the time management of your day because you're an adult. Her BFF Sharon also received some bad news. Her position was made redundant, so she was demoted to another department in another office, which meant that Karen's biggest ally was no longer around to support her. The team transitioned into working from home and I still came into the office. Why did I still come into work? Because I wanted to keep Karen accountable by sitting next to her every day. The team took to working from home so well that productivity went through the roof. I still remember sitting next to Karen and saying good morning to her in a nice, loud voice. Karen had no one to manipulate, no one to complain to, and no one to whisper poison to about me anymore behind my back. As I mentioned earlier, she used to call me Muttley behind my back. So I changed the background on my three monitors to Muttley, and I changed my mobile ringtone to Muttley's laugh. She must have heard Muttley's laugh 20 times per day. As expected, I saw her on a job website looking for jobs and blatantly not caring if I saw. I got a phone call from my previous employer, Megan, who I was still on good speaking terms with, and Megan asked if I worked with a Karen. I said I did, and Megan told me that Karen had applied to work for her company, and she asked me to speak about Karen's character. So me and Megan caught up for a drink, and I told Megan the whole story about how Karen was a manipulator, lazy, and just not a nice person. Karen was applying for a management position, and I advised heavily against hiring Karen. Megan called Karen right there and then and asked about her references and her current supervisor. She said that her current manager was her BFF Sharon, and she's a great mentor, but I'm just outgrowing the role and looking for something else. Megan told Karen that she was not going to offer her an interview, let alone the role, because she was lying about her work history and her references. I can only imagine how confused Karen must have been. The next morning when I got to work, I told Karen, By the way, Megan from that other company says hello. Karen just stared at her keyboard wide-eyed, not saying a word. Karen ended up finding another job just before COVID hit, but they never called me for a reference check. For her departing gift, I made a Muttley-themed card which the whole team signed. I wanted to make a card where you open it up and Muttley laughs, but Karen wasn't worth the 45 bucks that would require to make. No one actually wrote anything meaningful other than, all the best in your new role. We had cake and virtual drinks for Karen's goodbye. Karen and I were sitting next to each other zooming the rest of the team, and Karen left about 10 minutes in. I walked her out, took her pass card, and wished her all the best. I started working from home the very next day, and I still am to this day. And that's not even the sweetest part of this story. The most satisfying part of this saga is that her new job was made redundant because of COVID-19. So she had to reapply to get her old job back. We actually weren't hiring at the time, but I made an exception. I made Karen interview via Zoom with another coworker who happened to be one of the coworkers who warned me how vile she was. We started the interview, and Karen couldn't have been more sweet, nice, and two-faced. Her face was still as antagonizing as ever, and I could smell her perfume through the computer. The interview was over in five minutes. I waited one hour and then called Karen and said, You don't deserve this role. You haven't earned it. OP, that story is just perfect. I would literally pay money to see the look on her face when you gave her that news. Our next Reddit post is from Ethan Ralph is Fat. So this all happened years ago when I was in college. 
I worked for a delivery joint. The company seemed super cool because they provided vehicles instead of forcing you to beat down your own car. That was a huge perk, right? Well, in this case, no. The owner of the company used this as justification to take a percentage of the driver's tips. Often, this would result in an employee making below minimum wage. If you made below minimum wage, you would have to come and pick up your check in person and sign a document attesting that you did make minimum wage due to undocumented cash tips or some such nonsense. Now, this was a problem for two reasons. Number one, in the state that I was in, employee tips belonged to the employee unless it was part of an employee tip pooling agreement. This was plain as day on the Department of Labor website. So that 20% cut that the owner took was already crossing a line. Number two, you can't just force employees to say they made above minimum wage when they didn't. That's some pretty shady stuff, right? Now, most people would see the situation and run for the hills, which probably explained why our turnover was so high. I, on the other hand, saw the potential. See, I'm pretty well versed in labor law, and I decided that I was going to write it out. I wanted to see how long they would keep this up. Here and there, I would make comments to the managers about the legality of their practices, and I was often told, Our lawyer said it's okay, so it's okay. I would just love to meet these lawyers one day. So I patiently waited for a year, documenting every red cent they took from me and encouraging other drivers to do so as well. Every new driver that came through that door got a little powwow with me, and I would give them the skinny. Unfortunately, my plan must have leaked, because sooner than later, the joint decided to fire me after making up three bogus infractions. That wasn't a problem, though, because my plan was already in action. See, in this state, unpaid wages collect interest. So what was 20 or $40 a night for five days a week over one year quickly became a decent sum. So I began collecting the names of current and previous employees who had been screwed over by the company, and I collected their documented data and sent it off to the Department of Labor. It took a couple of months, but the company was eventually required to pay a decent chunk of change to all parties and a pretty hefty fine on top. Overall, I believe it came out to a little under $100,000. I wasn't done though. Remember those shady little documents they had us sign claiming that we were making minimum wage? Well, that affected how the company was reporting its payroll tax. The IRS eventually came in and hit them with a ton of back taxes. Also, I received a small portion of that settlement. Finally, I was also aware of this company's under-the-table agreement with a health inspector. So, I decided to go ahead and tip off the health department. This resulted in even more fines and they temporarily had to shut down. Altogether, I ended up costing this dumb little delivery joint a ton of money just to stay open. All because they wanted 20% of their driver's tips. The moral of the story is this. Know your labor laws. It's degenerates like these who profit off the ignorance or fear of a workforce. The more you know about the rights, the less idiots like these will be able to survive in the wild. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. So, that thing that OP said about the IRS is actually true. If you know that someone is committing tax fraud and you report them to the IRS and the IRS collects money from them, then you get a cut. So, if you know that your boss is committing tax fraud, then report them to the IRS because it basically means free money for you. That was our slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow this podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.